welcome back to another week in Covered in Glory. And finally, football Americano has ended and the world can pay attention to the real beautiful game. How was your Super Bowl Sunday, Brett? It was good, man, except for the fact that I never actually bet my life savings on that over of the sacks total for the Rams. And I am hurting badly because of that. <laughs> I, I know you could have double the monies right now instead of having half the money. Yeah, I mean, I should have went to a loan shark like Steve Buscemi and Armageddon and just taken out 100K and just put that on the over of three and a half sacks of like plus 130. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, man. I don't know. I was too, too yeah. focused on soccer. I blame you for making me focus too much on soccer. I, need, I needed to do my Super Bowl prop bets. Well, cool. I enjoyed the game and especially the parade because it's the first one I've ever seen that they had to plan the route by the one Rams fan's house in order to make sure that an audience came there. Just throwing throwing shade at all those LA Rams fans already. All right. We're we're coming in hot today, folks. We're coming in hot. You don't don't ever see that in a soccer game. I mean, Paul Maris sends 15,000 fans across the world. Rams can't turn them out in their own backyard. So I am glad we are talking about soccer instead of football today. It's going to be a wild pod. You're pissing off in Big Pockets Valet. I got some crazy uh, big, biff. big Pockets Valet. Well, I, I Where one one neighborhood that has two households in it. That that yeah, I'm not afraid gonna... of Gary. I'm not afraid of Gary, the Rams fan. <laughs> the only one. I don't listen anyway. You're fearless man. I I, I see right. it. And I have my right. apologies to Gary. Though I'll be the nice. I'll be the good cop here. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump way away from L.A. and start right out in Manchester City. First place, 63 points versus Tottenham, eighth place and 36 points. This game is Saturday at 1230. It is definitely the best game of the weekend. Man City is minus 380. The draw is plus 500. Tottenham is plus 1100, despite this being a matchup between uh, two alleged members of the Big Six. Man City, minus 1.5 on the spread is minus 125, and the Spurs are plus 110. So uh, before the 2-0 humiliation versus the Wolves, Antonio Conte had never lost three straight league games in 12 years being a manager. Now it's time to, uh, to make it four versus the league leaders. While Kane got out to a good start under the new skipper, it looks like Son is completely lost in the new tactics. And even when he does rarely get into dangerous positions he used to find himself in over and over again, he's lacking confidence in those spots. Um, They certainly aren't being helped by Hugo Lloris spilling the ball all over the pitch and that's creating a ton of preventable goals. It's kind of crazy to watch him versus our boy Aaron Ramsdale as Ramsdale's continued to show complete mastery over his area and Laura's punching balls back to the center of the mouth to be tapped in (laughs) by the freaking wolves. Um, it was just, it was pathetic to watch them. I mean, I'm coming in hot on them because I had, they made me sit through 90 minutes of crap. So I'm mad about it. With all the giveaways in their own half, the Spurs looked like they had never seen a press before. And uh, Conte is already starting to position the transfer market as an excuse for his results. And he's even like looking more depressed. I'm used to seeing him with like perfect hair and these like fine pressed Italian suits. And now he's coming out in the rain in a baseball cap. I think he's going to come out on Saturday, look dressed like Charlie Brown and their team is going to perform just like he's expecting the football to be pulled away at any given moment. So I think he knows what's coming. I think he's going to catch an ass whooping from the inevitable champs. And I doesn't see anything from either side that don't make me confident that Man City won't win by at least two goals. So I am taking them on the spread at minus 125. How about you, my friend? I'm in the same boat. And, I, you know, I'm a little disappointed 
that you're seeing your boy Conte, he's just hurting so bad. And you're at least like not trying to get his number to like send him a subscription with, to the Headspace app so he can try to calm down and, and meditate through this. Cause you know that he's taking this very well. You know, he's at that place where the air inside his lungs is the same as the air outside. Like that's Conte all the way. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's bad. And, and you brought up sun. And I think that's really interesting because I've been kind of like uh, circling a take here. And that take is that our, our boy son, Harry Kane's favorite running mate. I don't know if he's, I, I'm going to say the phrase wash, but then I'm going to immediately, I'm going to clarify it. Son is a really unique player. in the fact that like, when you look at his underlying numbers, they never really looked super impressive. Um, you know, he didn't do a ton of creative stuff. His XG numbers were always kind of eh, but he was an incredible finisher. And he was one of the rare guys that you, he kept beating his expected goal totals year after year after year, kind of like Messi, where there is that element of skill, right? Like it's not just play down a spreadsheet. There is some skill. There are guys that are worse finishers than expected goal totals and guys that are better. And Sun was one of the guys that had done it long enough that we kind of took him as one of the guys that was better. Um, and this year he hasn't really blown away his XG totals, even though they're actually better. And the reason that I think he's not washed, but he's transitioning to a different phase of his career is, is his shot totals are down. His pressures are down. All these little numbers are kind of pointing to the fact that Sun has stopped becoming this like do it all winger and is kind of transitioning to more like occasionally getting involved poacher. And it's stuff that you won't see like in one game, but it will come out over multiple games. And I think that's why we're seeing the slide from Spurs now is like if Sun isn't Sun, if Lloris isn't Lloris, and you get these slow slipperages. And we know that Emerson is your favorite right right wing back in the entire league. Uh, not Jao Cancel. It's Emerson that we're going to have your kit. You're going to be wearing that kit next week, right? Is that what, Do we get it for you next week? No, uh, I do not think you should get me that next <laughs> oh, okay. week. All right. But no, I mean, so you have these little, these little um, cracks in the foundation over at Spurs. And, you know, Sun plays a big part of that. Like Lucas Moore is the third attacker. We talked on the pod last week that Kulishevsky, the kid they brought in from Juventus, is more of kind of a defensive winger. So like Sun needs to be peak Sun with Kane to make this push for the top four. And I don't think he's that guy. I think he's transitioning more to that, that poacher S type of role. He's not, not turning into Ronaldo who literally just is only going to do things, but shoot at the goal and do nothing else. Um, but he's moving closer to that direction. And that's a bad thing for them. And city's just a machine. Like, I kind of thought when they played Sporting Lisbon in the Champions League, I was like, you know, they're okay. Like they're a pesky team from Portugal and they came out and just beat the fuck out of them. And I think we're just seeing that this team is back into juggernaut status. Not only are they cheering out chances, they're shutting them down. So not only would the minus one and a half at at minus 120 make sense, but I'm going to trust a good team to do a good thing. And I think, (laughs) You bet city clean sheets if you're getting positive uh, money on them all day long. They're plus 115 for the clean sheet win. If Spurs attack is a little bit blunted and it hasn't been like overwhelming to begin with um, and city is a defensive juggernaut, like that's got to be the play to me. Yeah. Well, I, I looked lovingly at Jao Cancelo's way, as you could imagine, because <laughs> I think he's going to absolutely torch uh, Regulon 
Royale, whoever they throw out on either side. But by the way, he benched both of his wingbacks versus Wolves, and the backups are even more trash. So it's not like uh, <laughs> he have a lot of options out on the side. And Casillo, I think, is just going to have an absolute uh, field day out there. But unfortunately, the bookmakers agree. So like him to get an assist is only plus one seventy five, which is crazy low odds yeah. for a fullback. So I really couldn't take it uh, because they've already kind of adjusted the odds for that one because. You know, Tottenham is so exposed out there. Um, so I'm going to take Man City to score in both halves and minus 115. They have no let up whatsoever in them. And if uh, the if the Spurs can't handle any sort of pressure the way that I was watching them versus Wolves, I'd see no reason that Man City won't get one in the first half. And then if the Spurs start chasing the game, then forget about it. They're just going to get crushed and rolled over by Man City in the second half as well. So um, I'm going to take them, score both halves, minus 115. Yeah, and I mean, I think the one thing, too, to kind of look out for is when the starting 11s gets announced is Spurs have basically two functional midfielders. Like we talked last week about Bentoncourt and what he could bring to the table for the Spurs side. And Hoybier is another one that's, you know, he's not elite. He's not a guy that like, you know, you're clamoring for in the transfer window. I mean, I know your boy Roman's going to probably go on another spree, but you know, you're not looking at, at pure Hoiberg as like the guy you want to go bring in. Um, you got to back the guy who wins all the trophies, Brett. Yeah. You have to back him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, so if you get a, a midfield that isn't a Hoybier Benton midfield, I would be really worried that Spurs are going to just have difficulty even getting the ball out of their own half. Um, and so like is to, you know, city isn't the same city that maybe you and I watched five, six, seven years ago when, when they started buying all these players and, or maybe when Pep first came and they just became inevitable. It was like Thanos where they, they would just bury you under chances. If they were up 2-0, they were going to go up 5-0 within the next like three minutes. Right. This is more suffocating. Like it's just a slow, they put the fucking plastic bag over your head and they close that shit. And if Spurs pick a midfield that has like Oliver Skip or Harry Winks in it, I think that you just got to really put the juice on, you know, the clean sheet stuff, the, the chances for Cancelo, whatever it is, because I think it's going to mean Spurs are going to have a really difficult time getting out of their own half. Yeah, well, I don't know what's scarier, Manchester City or you. The way you just said that with glee, <laughs> I don't want to know how you know exactly what somebody suffocating under a bag tied off looks like. This is friend. a business relationship. You pay me for a podcast while I do on my own time is my own thing. <laughs> Shit. Better pay you on time. Just learn that. <laughs> I mean, that would be good. Uh, all right, so uh, let's move to the next game. Liverpool, second in the table, 54 points, versus Norwich, 18th at 17 points. Saturday at 10 a.m. Liverpool is minus 800. The draw is plus 800. <laughs> and Norwich, who I who was like plus 1800 versus City last week, is now plus 2500 versus Liverpool. We are seeing just historic oh, numbers right now. Uh, Liverpool, ju- just to get even close to even odds, is minus two and a half on the spread. And then you get a square bet at plus 100. Norwich is minus 110. So no one thinks Norwich is going to be competitive in that game. And I am going to add my name to that list. Uh, Liverpool Liverpool was really wasteful against Burnley and won 1-0 last week. I don't know how much of that game you saw, but Burnley's weg horse was Poole's most yeah. valuable weapon. He just blew chance after chance after chance. So Poole actually could have been caught by a relegation candidate last week. Uh, I don't see there any way in hell happening again. I guess I was a little bit surprised because Poole was at full strength. Um, but 
I don't know. I know. I don't know what you're expecting out of rotation. I think you probably have a take on that that we're going to get in just a minute. Uh, but there's no version of Liverpool like take their entire 25 team man roster, like just sh- throw them in the air, put them <laughs> out of position, put them anywhere on the field, and I'm still taking them minus the 2.5. I'm taking the full Monty here at plus 100 to beat Norwich by at least three. Yeah, I mean you're you're 100 right. And when you talk about squad rotation, um, like it's really obvious for I maybe mean, a team like Bayern Munich where their bench is awful. And it, you, we saw that kind of in the Champions League where, you know, basically it was like Sabitzer and then uh, Eric Chupamoteng was like their next guy off the bench that they brought in to try to even the game up when they were, when they were playing uh, Salzburg. But, you know, with, with Liverpool, you, you said it. Like you could literally throw out 20 of their 25 guys. And what it does is it doesn't change their overall level of uh, efficacy. It just changes like how what's in which ways they're going to be effective if that makes sense right like when you like we talked about this before when you when you see like a henderson diago fabinho midfield that's a midfield that's going to shut the game down right when you see a midfield that's like harvey elliott oxlade chamberlain and henderson at the base that's still a really good midfield like elliott's going to be really good he's coming back from that you know horrible injury Curtis Jones was like their guy that was supposed to blow up their young Academy product that was supposed to blow up next. And then, you know, Hendo has been their solid guy, but what those guys do is they bring different things to the table, right? You know, Elliot and Jones are more, they're going to get in the final third. They're going to dribble the ball and they're going to do less defensive work and they're going to do less passing stuff. So you're going to see a higher end range for like Liverpool's goal totals. And you're going to also see a greater chance that they're going to give one up. So Klopp was going to rotate. And you know, this team is ridiculous because they get Salah and Mane back. Firmino's been great, even though he's hit 30. Then we got Jota, and then they brought in Diaz from um, FC Porto, the Portuguese league. And at this point, even though I'm not a big fan of the Portuguese league, um, Braga just lost to Shreve Terraspool in Europa today. So that's just showing you where the Portuguese league is at. Um, but Liverpool's recruitment has been so fucking awesome that like, you just assume that Diaz is going to come in and just be their fifth amazing attacker and make them lose nothing when he plays. So, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is just going to be watch the midfield, watch the fullbacks, see what and when and how things get rotated because it'll shift the ranges. It won't shift Liverpool's overall ability. They're going to beat the shit out of Norwich. It's just a matter of whether it's going to be six, one or three, nothing. Um, and with six one, where are they getting the one? <laughs> like, so here, hey, here's, a, here's a fun... Ox and Elliot and Hendo, even Norwich might score. <laughs> hey, well, we're gonna find out. Here's a, here's a fun trivia question for you, which leads into my prop, and then I'll All let right. you give yours. Um, Norwich versus the big six this season in nine games. Total score, go. Oh my god, uh, trying to think because City smashed them. I mean, it's Come got, on, just it, give it it's got to be like 21 to nothing. 32 to zero oh against the big six in nine games this year. If you, if you narrow it oh, down to Chelsea big, smashed them, right? Yeah. To the, to the big three. I mean, Manchester city's probably a big one, but if you'll allow humor me to say Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester yeah. city are in the same class, 22 to zero in five games <laughs> versus those three teams. So uh, I am gleeful to get a parlay of Liverpool scoring at least three goals with a clean sheet at plus 142. And I am hammering that. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, and I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be on the bandwagon again that if we see a functional, you know, non-super attacking midfield, it's the clean sheet for me, baby, with the prop bet minus one. It's minus one thirty-five this time against Norwich, but Norwich do suck. They just don't have good players. They haven't created shit, not only against the good teams, but against most teams. Um, and it would really yeah. take if they do score. If Norwich does score. One thing that you do have to factor in: this is Liverpool's fourth match in nine days. They have another midweek one that they have to make up and then they play again on the weekend. So not only could there be rotation, but you are, are getting Mane and Salah back from the African Cup of Nations. So there is a fatigue factor here where like fluke shit can happen. But at the same token, if they play Fabinho or Thiago and they have, you know, one of Matip or Van Dyke in the back line and for me or Firmino's up front and he's bringing that press from the front, that clean sheet, just you have to do it. Like you just have to put the money down on that because Norwich is just, brutal they're bad they're terrible yeah send them to the championship get them out of my life <laughs> i think it'd be funner to gamble on how many players could liverpool replace with like guys from the pub league and still win this <laughs> yeah. game because i think it's at least two i think like nine liverpool players and two guys they pulled out of uh, the pub could still be favored against norwich Ooh, that, man if you're giving me so the over under is two is two and a half or two what are we, what it's the over under? No, i'm saying set the line i mean i'm, not right, I'm, gonna, give I'm, you, I'm gonna give you an over under two and a half two and a half pub guys <laughs> on the Liverpool team can they still be norwich make it happen premier league make this more interesting for us uh all right let's take a quick break before we catch the last three games All right, we are back, and we are heading to a game I absolutely do not want to watch, but they pay me to talk about. <laughs> uh, so Arsenal in sixth place at 39 points versus Brentford, 14th at 24 points. This game is also Saturday at 10 a.m. when there's two more, far more interesting games to watch. Uh, but by the way, this is why they invented gambling. <laughs> if you don't have an interest otherwise in watching this damp squid of a match, Go ahead and lay a unit or so down, and all of a sudden it becomes the most fun you'll have all Saturday morning. Uh, Arsenal is minus 230. The draw is plus 340. Brentford is plus 660. Arsenal minus a goal and a half is plus 135. Brentford is minus 150, getting those uh, that big cushion. So, look, Arsenal is now starting Lacazette as like their only threat up top, and they've been trying to replace him since the day before they signed him. I mean, it's, it's, they've never once wanted him to actually be leading the line, and now he's the guy that they have to roll out up there. Uh, Saka is the only one providing any spark right now. I have no idea where offense is ultimately going to come from for the rest of the season, but somehow I still like them the most to finish top four. I cannot explain it. Uh, <laughs> watching them each and every week, why they're, I feel confident they're going to churn out results. A lot of it has to do with our boy in the back uh, between the pipes. Aaron Ramsdale. Aaron Ramsdale, of course, come but on like the pod. Brentford, come on on, man. We love you. Um, but like Brentford's you no, know, no picnic either. So I'm expecting an awful game. I'm expecting a lot of bull crap yes. down the middle, bad finishing, not a lot of spark, not a lot of creativity. And if I'm expecting a terrible game, Arsenal will probably win one, nothing. Maybe Brentford squeaks one in. I don't know where Arsenal will get the second. Uh, but I don't expect Arsenal to win like 2-0 or 3-1. So I'm actually going to take Brentford minus 150 plus one and a half goals. Oh, this is brutal, man. Why are we picking the same thing all the time? What is happening here? <laughs> no, I, I agree. And and we've talked about this too. Like Arsenal plays that slow-mo ball. Like part of the reason that you and I fucking hate watching them 
And part of the reason why we don't have any faith in them is they're, they just don't play a style that's like attractive, right? You know what I mean? Like you and I don't watch that style. I'm like, oh yeah, it's really fun watching like Thomas Party pack, pass back and forth with Ben White like 50 times before they try to move the ball up the field. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like for NFL fans out there, it's like, hey, what was more fun? Uh, watching the Chiefs Bills or watching a game from the leather helmet era before the forward pass <laughs> was invented? Like, which one would you rather watch on a Saturday morning? You didn't you didn't like the, the Rams getting 1.9 yards per rush or whatever the fuck it was on 25 attempts? Well, I mean, that, that was fine. But like, this is like if the whole game was made out of the Rams rushing attack. <laughs> it is. That's a great, that's a great way to describe the breakfast Arsenal game. <laughs> it's a soccer match. If you only watch the Rams try to run the football in the Super Bowl. Um yeah, and, and I agree. Like, it, it's hard to see Arsenal pull away. It, you These ugly games, fluky sh- soccer is already inherently a random fluky sport. And when you put it in with these two teams that, you know, Brentford plays this game where they want to top it up and create this ugly style, Arsenal feeds into that because they play this really reductive style themselves. And so for me, I think the Brentford getting over a goal, I think that's the way that you got to move it because it's just hard to see Arsenal pile up a two, three, four goal win with the way that they attack, uh, with the way that they play, with the way that Brentford plays. And in that vein, I think my prop bet is it's hard to see these two teams keeping a clean sheet. Arsenal, every match, they just dance on the fault line of whether or not they're going to give up a goal. So you're basically playing a coin flip there. And Brentford, even though they play a three at the back system and a bunch of midfield holding midfielders, they still give up their fair share of chances. They definitely aren't shutting you down. So that plus eight fifty for the one one exact scoreline, just it just seems like that's such a huge part of the range. It, it will happen more often, you know, and then a, a bigger amount than you would expect because it's hard to see zero zero. It's hard to see two two. It's hard to see either of these teams even scoring two goals. So I kind of like that. You're getting plus eight fifty for one one. It just seems like it's right in the wheelhouse of the range of this outcome of this match. You know. I, I think I'm, you got to go for it. I am super proud of my prop. Uh, <laughs> you're taking a big swing, which I totally respect with the exact score. I tried to figure out how to bet on just an ugly, horrible, unwatchable game. And I think I've got one at a plus number. Ooh. A parlay of under 3.5 goals. Like that seems unreachable to me in this game. Mm-hmm. So uh, you do pay, you know, a little bit of juice of that. Hence the parlay. If you pair that with under 10.5 corners, which is my favorite bet uh, in any single Arsenal game, under three and a half goals with under 10 and a half quarters is plus 117. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, you guys have your absolute rock fight, and I'm going to profit from it. <laughs> I just, I love the depth. I love the way that, like, every every week you find a new way to surprise me where the corner bet is coming. It's just, it's coming in somewhere. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you. It's like coming out of the closet with, and just gonna hit yeah. me over the head, and there it is, right there. No, it's just as surprising when they actually get a corner and put one on target. <laughs> yeah, so, like, okay. usually it's just like, point. okay, is this gonna get banana kicked into the stands? I mean, like the people. <laughs> the first row better have health insurance uh all right let's move over to our next game uh which is puts a massive hop in my stuff oh boy crystal palace 13th at 26 points versus chelsea third oh i love that you can't even points. talk about your boy today that's right he's ineligible for this game you just nailed it on the head <laughs> my man saturday at 10 a.m uh, Crystal Palace plus 450, draw plus 285, Chelsea plus 155. 
Uh, Chelsea minus a half goal is at minus 155, and Crystal Palace is plus 135. This game really should have been a Sunday kickoff since our Lord and Savior does have the day off. Connor Gallagher is ineligible to play against his home side. I want to petition so Crystal the league, Palace, though, to change that just for this podcast to see how you would react to Connor Gallagher playing Chelsea. Like that inner uh, turmoil to watch you work through that on this podcast or to, to hear you, because this is not a visual medium for the most part, to hear you work through that would have been fucking epic. And I'm very disappointed about? in the Glee, no matter who has the ball. I mean, come on now. That's just a, that's just a celebration of life was what that game would have been. All right. I mean, if that's uh, the way you're going to go, but I, I still think if Connor scores two and Chelsea loses, you're going to be conflicted. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Well, I'm, I'm glad the game is on Saturday because I'm celebrating one more trip around the sun and there's no better way to do it than to watch Chelsea uh, go ahead and whoop Crystal Palace's ass. We are the Club World Cup champions. Oh, we have yeah. now won and every got- available trophy that we could possibly win. Uh, complete the set. So that one felt extraordinarily good. And look, uh, teams like Tottenham, teams like Wolves and Ever, they might want the Bertrand Tri- Triores of the world. That guy lifts weights. We lift trophies. <laughs> so so I'm feeling so good about the club right now. I expect the good uh, vibes to keep flowing. Won't have Cottager Gallagher at whatsoever for Crystal Palace. I don't expect them to have a ton of creativity down the middle, but I do expect a wide open game. Uh, so I can't bet against Chelsea in this game, but I think we're going to watch a really fun one on Saturday morning. Give me Chelsea minus one fifty five. Uh, all right, man. Um, I, I think I, I think I have to. I have. I think I have. I have to do this. I have to. It's the. It's the. Do it's it. the right oh, yeah. information. Yeah. You're gonna. Do it. You. You might pass out from all the blood rushing to a certain region, but I'm going to say it. I think your boy Tuchel has got this team back on their shit. So since since December 16th, Chelsea has allowed over one expected goal in one match, and that was to Liverpool, the best attack maybe in the world, definitely in the Premier League, you know, and that's including City, and every other team that they played. Everton, 0.4 expected goals. Wolves, 0.3 expected goals. Villa, 0.6 expected goals. Brighton, 0.9 expected goals. Manchester City, 0.7 expected goals in the game that they barely lost 1-0. And then Brighton again, 0.6 expected goals against Spurs that they beat them 2-0, 0.4. It helps to get all your midfielders back and healthy. That's a big way of being able to shut down games. Um, but I think we're starting to see that whole thing where Tuchel came on and went to the back three and made this team an incredible shutdown defensive team. They might be back. And I hate saying that shit to you so much, but it's the truth. And I have to be fair to the people that listen, even if it's just my mom that's listening at this point. Um, you do not have to get me a birthday present. That was good enough for me. Yeah, if you need to go smoke a cigarette, just step outside here. Uh, but no, I, I really do think that, you know, getting Kovacic back, getting Conte back. I mean, as much as, you know, we were talking about how Ruben Loftus-Cheek was admirably filling in, this still was the same dude that was playing for Fulham who got relegated, right? Like it's a big step up from Loftus-Cheek. To Kovacic. It's a big thing when Conte is healthy and playing. It's a big thing when Jorginho is healthy. Um, it's a big thing when you have your full complement of center backs. Like they 
they are clearly tightening the screws right now with the defensive stuff. And I think that's bad news when you take away Connor Gallagher from um, Palace. And it's not just Gallagher. Uh, James McCarthy has been out. Um, they're 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 going to lose. Uh, <clears throat> or sorry, they they're going to be basically having to replace Gallagher with Jeffrey Schlupp, who's not like a dude that strikes fear in your hearts. And really, uh, in general, the Chico Kayate, uh, James MacArthur, Connor Gallagher midfield for a mid-table team, it was a really good complement of players. Kayate would win the ball back. MacArthur would kind of act as like a conduit between him and Gallagher in the midfield, and Gallagher would basically act like a second striker. So now two of those guys are probably not going to play. Maybe all three of Coyote is not back in the starting 11 after playing the African Cup of Nations. So it's hard for me to see Palace being able to control anything about the midfield at all in this game um, or have that extra goal scoring punch that Gallagher brings and those runs in the box that he has brings. And so I think they might run away with this because Palace's defense has been slowly faltering, mostly because of some of these departures, you know, Jordan Ayu has gone at the African Cup of Nations. He is one of the premier like defensive wingers in the league. That's a big deal when they lost him. Um, and so Chelsea at minus one and a half is plus two ten. And I am eyeing that shit hard because a 2-0 win seems very, very big part of the range. And again, with the prop bet, it's a clean sheet win. They are somehow plus 185. To get a clean sheet win in this game, I don't know how it's fucking yeah. possible. Uh, I, I had, I definitely had that one written down. Yeah. Uh, I, I eyed that one hard. I looked at it like um, fucking four times. And I was like, "There's no way." What? One eighty-five? Yeah. Have I seen this? So yeah, I, I'm, I'm super tempted by it. I am scarred by the number of times they switched off in the second half with a lead and gave up a junk goal versus a team just like Crystal Palace. Yeah. So. Uh, I got plus odds on something else um, that I'm going to go with, which is over 10.5 corners plus 110. Without Gallagher's creativity in the middle, I expect a lot of width play coming from Crystal Palace, which means you know trying to play balls into the box that Rudiger and Silva and Christensen are happy enough to nod away because they're actually really good set-piece defenders. And uh, for Chelsea's side, they are dead set on getting Big Rom back on track after all the unpleasantness of the last two months. And so with all the service coming in to him and how difficult he is to deal with, I can see a lot of balls getting knocked behind the net. Uh, I think both of them are, you know, really good odds to get at least five. I actually think Chelsea's really good odds to get seven. So 10.5 combined, I'm happy to take the plus 110. Um now, just because you teed it up for me, I had to pull <laughs> it up. And I've got, I've got, I've got to ask you a question. You're not prepared for, All but right. you did this to yourself. All just right, remind yourself that. I'm when good. I Let's go. That. Fire it at me. Uh, if 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 Dougal's really back and Chelsea's really back, Champions League futures right now. Man City is plus two thirty. Chelsea is plus eight hundred. Which ticket would you rather be holding? Chelsea, in a knockout tournament. Chelsea. I mean, and and and, yes! oh, and this is the thing. It's not. It's not so much saying that just necessarily because two goes back, but you're getting plus 800 where usually in, even at this point in time, you know, cities, maybe like, I could probably look at 538, but they're maybe like what, like a 15% favorite with as many teams that are left. So to get extra money for a team like Chelsea that can shut shit down, win games, ugly, like, yeah, absolutely. You take Chelsea in the, in those futures bets. 
You heard it here first, everybody. Noted soccer analyst and expert and betting savant, Brett Corbinas. Who hasn't gotten shit right in like favors, five weeks. Favors Chelsea <laughs> over Manchester City in the Champions League. Wow, Brett, I can't believe you said that. I'd rather have the City ticket. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, final game. Uh, Leeds at 15 point, or 15th place in the table at 23 points versus Manchester United, 4th at 43 points, Sunday at 9 a.m. Leeds is plus 300. The draw is plus 280. Manchester United is minus 115. On the spread, Manchester United minus a half a goal stays at minus 115, and Leeds moves up to plus 100. I think this might actually be the most entertaining game of the weekend because of the entire range of disastrous outcomes for both sides <laughs> and how both of them seem to absolutely abhor close marking and uh, in their ha- in the defensive half of the field. So I am expecting a very open game and a lot of hilarity. Um, Brighton was absolutely destroying Manchester United down the right channel and should have got at least one goal, probably two in the first half. But De Gea just kept bailing out Manchester United yet again. Like nobody does it for the photographers better than De Gea. Just getting all those shots with him fully sprayed out, like one-on-one with a, a goal scorer and him coming up the hero. It's just kind of crazy how often it happens. The dude is not human. I know. It's, it's really nuts. Uh, Manchester United's pressure was poor. Their marking was even worse. There is so much room for teams to operate. Uh, Ronaldo got them going with a like really beautiful solo goal in, early in the second half, which allowed them to win before an ugly uh, red car kind of put the game to the death. But Brighton was absolutely the better team in the first half. And Manchester United was almost as dreadful on the offensive end as the defensive end. Uh, However, Leeds just lost 3-0 to relegation contender Everton and somehow (laughs) even looked worse than that. (laughs) All the adjectives you could have used. Weird, you picked that one. (laughs) (laughs) They can't defend set pieces at all. Uh, Manchester United has plenty of quality on the ball when they can stop playing and set things up. Uh, So I can't possibly back Leeds after the dreadful display against, uh, against your team. So give me the uninspired Manchester United team at a discount. Like I think if Manchester United was playing even like remotely well, this would be minus 150 or higher. And given the amount of talent, I'm going to take the discount, hold my nose and take them at minus 115. God, this is so boring when we just agree on everything. Um, yeah, but I, I think you're right. Uh, Leeds, is, Leeds is hurting badly in both areas. Uh, they have really missed Patrick Manford up front. Fucking Daniel James is playing through the middle for them right now. United legend Daniel Daniel James is playing through the middle for them right now. Um, and, you know, Kellen Phillips is out of the midfield. And so Bamford hurts the attack and he wants the attack. Um, and then Kellen Phillips was a big part of not only them progressing the ball, but winning it back and kind of covering a shit ton of space in Bielsa's man marking, super aggressive pressing system. Um, and those are huge losses. And so this is definitely when you take United in this game, you're doing it not because you have any faith in what United are doing. They've been slightly better under Ragnick than they were under OGS. And they've tightened some things up mostly defensively. Um, but this is not like a good soccer team. They're, they, they, to me, I don't know where they are to you, but they are very clearly the sixth place team in the big six. Like, and, and I have z- Ooh, below Spurs, below Spurs. Wow. Holy hell. Did you see the Spurs versus Wolves? I did. And I still am sitting here telling you, you know, because the thing is, too, is that United hasn't played fucking anybody really over the last few months. 
Um, at least Spurs have been like playing good teams. They're going to play City this weekend. Um, you know, so we'll get another data point from that. But like United has been very average-ish against a run of games that has not been very impressive. Um, and yeah. so, and the thing is, is that that would make you want to bet against them. But you know, just because like they haven't played anybody. But Leeds isn't anybody like Leeds is just they're bad, <laughs> you know, and, and it sucks because they're a super fun team when they, if they're healthy and they have Bamford and they have Phillips, like Leeds, Leeds make games really exciting and really fun. This one might be really open. I mean, now if you remember, but this was the, the, their um, first matchup was the Pogba assist game where they won five, one, but in that match, they also extremely overshot their XG by, they only had 1.5 expected goals and they scored five off of that. Um, so this is not definitely not going to be a, a shootout but I still think they're the better team. It's hard to trust Leeds, and I hate doing it because I don't like him as a player and he's done pretty terrible shit off the field, but Ronaldo's plus 125 as an anytime goal scorer. He's going to take their penalties. He's averaging point, uh, 0.6 expected goals per 90. So when you give that little penalty boost to bump, those odds are looking pretty good and you know Leeds is going to give up a goal. So you got to pick the guy that's yeah. most likely to score it on United. Well, you speak of penalties, that's in the same vein of my prop. Uh, Leeds, m- most cards in this game is plus 110. Uh, so oh. Leeds leads the entire league in uh, yellow cards by a pretty wide margin. They're at 63 on the season. Manchester United, interestingly enough, is third at 52, which is why I think you're getting plus money on Leeds because they're expecting Manchester United to also be foul machines. But I don't know. I mean, I... Manchester United has so much more talent. Leeds has so much more anger. And when you get in this open game where they're going to be dragging guys back and Ronaldo is going to be flopping and, and drawing cards and the whole deal. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the draw on this, on this prop, but plus plus one ten for Leeds, given how much they like to uh, hack people down. I'm going to go ahead and put my unit down on that. I mean, I mean, you're basically backing BLS's murder ball sessions. So I think you're good there. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I really thought I flirted with, and you mentioned it before, like kind of doing a long shot thing. And I think those are interesting with like Harry Maguire is like plus 1000 um, as like an anytime goal scorer. Scott McTominay was like plus 700, but Maguire just hasn't been very good at set pieces, um, at least lately. And I don't know. I feel like betting on Scott McTominay is just not something you want to do in your life. Like I think when your parents sit you down and they're, they give you your life lessons and they're like, yeah, one thing that you should never do is never put money on Scott McTominay doing something positive. Just don't do that. Yeah, I know. I mean, getting Pogba back is, is great for two reasons. It's more him and less of McTominay. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So let's wrap this up with our tradition of the five pint pickoff. Uh, I started February. Okay with getting 4.1 pints and Brett kept it consistent from January. It is still sitting at zero oh, after Manchester city brutal. stole, stole away his, uh, one zero, two zero, uh, three zero with a late goal from Sterling to put it up, uh, penalty. put it up to four. Penalty. Right? Was, it was a penalty. Well, yeah, was, technically it wasn't a penalty because he scored yeah, on the rebound. Okay, right. Fair enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who's the soccer expert. Come on now. Yeah, my three, po- uh, my three point pints, man. Just like that. I know. I know. It was really, I was really heartbroken for I'm you. I'm sure just you were. Truly you felt it cried. all the way down to my bones. Is that why you sent me all the uh, crying face emojis? <laughs> no, it was from having to watch Tottenham Wolves. <laughs> uh, so 
I am leading heading into our second week of February, and as a result, I'm probably going to play it a little bit safe, but I expect Jace, uh, I expect Brett to be chasing pretty hard, so this is going to be entertaining. Uh, I am going to go, and I expect to watch a lot of soccer this weekend, so I wanted to put a little something on all five games we talked about. Uh, I'm going with Arsenal-Brentford uh, on my my favorite parlay. My you, This game is going to be crap, and I've got to be entertained somehow. Uh, of Under 3.5 goals and under 10.5 corners at plus 117 for one unit. I've got Liverpool with at least three goals and Norwich with zero at plus 142 for a unit. Chelsea to win, minus 155 for a unit. Leeds, most cards, plus 110 for a unit. And Manchester City, minus a uh, goal and a half, minus 125 for my last unit. What about you, Brett? Oh, boy. I feel like I'm just turning into Toby right now. It's like I've channeled your essence and... I, I'm not only losing oh. bets, but I'm I'm going to start just pulling crazy parlays right out of my yeah. ass. It's it's going to be the. You're sitting in a dark. You're sitting in a dark room alone, so you might want to get rid of my essence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my practical pick here. I'm going to put that one up on the table first, and that's Ronaldo anytime goal scorer against lead plus twenty twenty five for one pint, and then. It's going to be all about the clean sheets, baby. I need some clean sheets. I need no goals. I want you all to watch these games this weekend and see no fucking goals. Um, I'm taking one pint on City with the clean sheet win at plus 115. One pint on the clean sheet win for Liverpool at minus 135. And then I'm going to parlay those two, the my most confident ones, yes. for one pint as well. And then the... <laughs> Then I'm going to take your boys, Chelsea. What's the, what's the, what, what's the payout on the parlay? Uh, I don't have it written down. I, my notes are not as thorough as yours. I just was trying. I have all the arrows <laughs> pointing back and forth, and I never actually calculated what the payout is. Uh, oh, my God. All right. Well, turn uh, turn it into the sheets. and Look for the graphic tomorrow, folks, for what the exciting payoff is for that bet. <laughs> uh, and then my last one, I'm going to keep it separate because I'm very confident that City and, and Liverpool and keeping a clean sheet. I'm a little worried since Chelsea's playing away from Stanford Bridge that something crazy might happen. Um, but I am going to put my last two on the Chelsea clean sheet win plus 185. I'm going to trust your boys. Tuchel's back on his shit. I trust him. Give me, give me a win. I need a win. I need a win. I just need a win. You do need a win. You desperately need a win. I, I want at least one win for you. <laughs> I don't make it at least in, get somewhat interesting. Otherwise, I'm just going to be feeding you alcohol for the etern- rest of eternity. Well, I mean, you could have gone a true slump buster and just taken Liverpool at minus 800, but I respect you for at least trying then, uh, to do something different. Oh, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to play it safe like that. Let's go. I, I need I need a hit. I, I'm due. I'm due. Let's go. <laughs> this is totally not like people that are in Vegas that stuck two grand going to the blackjack table just to fucking doubling down on everything. To- totally different. Very totally different. different. That's... That's why they keep demolishing casinos. It doesn't casinos. work for people like them, but it's going to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, a lot of fun this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, a little bit of house cleaning. We are going to be not off next week, but doing a special episode. Our staff here at Extra Points works extraordinarily hard through the NFL football season. So we are giving everybody some time off in the back half of next week to recharge ahead of March Madness. Uh, doesn't mean we're not going to be out with an episode. We are are going to record uh, Cousin Sal, Dave Damashek, and Kevin Hench. We're picking their favorite teams. 
We're going to record that ahead of time, and we're going to air it next week during our normal time. Uh, plus, Brett and I will be delivering our five pint pickoff via graphic on our social media. So go to uh, the Extra Points Twitter handle if you still want to see our picks next week, and tune into the pod if you want to hear po- uh, personalities much more popular than us pick their favorite Premier League team. <laughs> So until that time, we hope you enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back uh, live the week after that. And we look forward to talking to you again so we can again play our interchange of terrible gambling advice backed by expert analysis. Talk to you soon, everybody. Take care, y'all.